Argue as if you are wrong, especially if you believe in God. I am Paul Sungojung, and this is a postseason extra episode of What Do You Mean God Speaks? So, argue as if you are wrong. By this, I do not mean that you should argue as if you are wrong because the other side is right. If you think the other side is right, then you shouldn't be arguing. You should be changing your mind. What I mean is that when you're making your case, keep in mind that you are probably wrong somewhere and in some way, even if your position turns out to be more correct than the other side. Perhaps your case has some flaws, even if those flaws do not seriously undermine your overall position. Perhaps you misunderstand your opponent's views, or have failed to notice some genuine insights or sound arguments they presented. Perhaps your own position is incomplete, because there are relevant facts that are yet to be discovered, or at least to be learned by you. Or perhaps there is a more thorough, insightful, and complete version of your position out there. And even more importantly, perhaps you would arrive at that much better version of your position if you had been paying more attention to what your opponent was telling you. So, argue as if you are wrong. Now, I should add some qualifications. You may have realized that we don't do this when we argue in courts, or even really in scientific debates. Now, there are a number of reasons for this, but the one I want to focus on is the following. We do not need to argue as if we are wrong in a context where there is a consensus among everyone involved on the clear, precise, and applicable set of standards to decide which position is correct, or true, or victorious, or whatever. This is what happens when we argue in law courts or in strictly scientific debates. So, in a scientific discipline like physics, Proponents of competing hypotheses largely agree on what precise findings would confirm or disconfirm their positions. Here, you may simply present your hypothesis and see if it is disconfirmed by the standards that everyone in your discipline shares. In fact, we can say that science reaches its limits on questions where there is no such clear consensus on the standard, which usually is the case when debating philosophical interpretations of scientific findings, such as ones regarding, say, quantum mechanics. Well, there also may not be clear consensus during what T.S. Kuhn calls the revolutionary science, where there are competing paradigms, but that's another topic. And in modern legal proceedings, we follow an adversarial system, you know, plaintiff versus the defendant, prosecution versus the defense, and they don't need to argue as if they are wrong. Because one side argues against the other before impartial judge or jury. Again, here it is clear which side wins, at least legally, even if the ethical, moral, or social issues underlying a case still remains under debate afterwards. Likewise, criminal cases legally decided by a verdict, even if some may still question the actual truth of the person's guilt and so on. Again, in the courts, we may simply present our case and have the judge or jury render their judgment. In both, we are arguing in specific contexts where the winner, so to speak, is relatively clear. And if we are wrong, or at least if we lose, we know, and everyone else involved does too. To put it in another way, there's a clear scoring system. There are the players, 
and the referees, and we all know the rules and play by them, or at least pretend to. But this isn't the case when we argue for, well, bigger questions. Questions about how we ought to live, where we should be headed as a society, what reality is when all said and done, moral questions, political questions, religious or spiritual questions. And whereas only those who are scientists or lawyers argue in scientific debates or law courts, nearly every one of us will be involved in arguments over these types of questions. But here, we don't really know what right answer would or should be like, nor do we all agree on how to decide that. I mean, we have our views, and we think we have very good reasons for those views, perhaps even unassailable ones, but in the end, that's just our view. What I mean is that there are those that would disagree with us. And the thing here is, the judge and the jurors in these debates are us. It's as if we are playing a sport where we are also the refs, and each player has their own rules and what counts as valid goals. And God help you if you're trying to decide the winner there. Actually, there is one shared goal, I suppose. Truth. But that's why we should argue as if we are wrong. Because on such questions, we don't want to be right. We want the truth. Or at least we should. It's difficult to separate the two, isn't it? But sometimes we must choose. Do we want to be right? Or do we want the truth? Do we want to win the argument? Or to win truth? Do we want our society to be truly just? Do we want to do what truly is the moral thing to do? Do we want to know reality, the truth about God, or even whether reality is a what or who? This is the case even when, in fact, especially when Christians argue among themselves, say, about what is the right way to understand Christian beliefs or biblical teachings, or about how to live as Christians, or to respond in which way to certain social issues or the direction of the church or to put it simply on what God is truly speaking. And Christians can argue very, very hard against each other. And sometimes I wonder whether we want to be right, or we want to hear God speak. Because sometimes, in order to be right, we prefer God not to speak. So, argue as if you are wrong, especially if you believe in God. Again, obviously, if you are arguing, we do believe that what we are saying is true, or at least more true than those we are arguing against, because if not, you shouldn't be arguing. But how much true are we talking about? 50%? 70%? 90%? Because if you believe in God, you believe that God is reality, and we are not. You believe God is infinite, and we are not. You believe every truth is God speaking, not what we speak. We are not the measure and judge of all truth. Our claim to truth is measured and judged by God. And we are never perfectly right. And yes, that includes us Christians. Now, we do believe the core of our beliefs are true. Everyone does, because otherwise, why would you continue to believe them? But in episode 5, I mentioned how our core beliefs are constantly being encased in new forms as we correct or revise or expand or clarify our beliefs and understanding of what is the core of our Christian worldview and thus our relationship with God. And this means we need to always be on the lookout where our views and our position 
may be incomplete. Now, our relationship with God is another crucial reason why we should argue as if we are wrong. Because Christians believe that God is revealed as personal in the character of Jesus Christ, who lived and acted in a certain way as he reached out to all of humanity. And that means that for Christians, we are judged and measured not only on whether our positions were true, and again, our position is always imperfect before God, but also equally on the character we displayed when arguing for them. What I'm saying is, even if our views are more true than our opponents, we may still be wrong and wrong in a sense even more profound before God because the kind of character we were when we were right were deeply wrong. And this matters because you may have heard the saying, we won the argument but lost a friend. Some people take this to mean that we shouldn't argue, but we do argue and truth does matter but argue in a way that wins the person. Perhaps the other person may not completely change their mind, but at least they are closer to our views, or at least be more understanding and be more open to what we have to say. And they will be willing to converse more with us. And perhaps in future conversations, we may learn something too. Now, all this applies especially more so if you're arguing with fellow Christians. Say, we were arguing with some other group of Christians who had different position on what the Bible teaches or how we ought to act. Fill in the blank here uh, with whatever hot-button issue you think everyone is or should be arguing about. Alright? It might be inconceivable for us to think about, but we are probably at best partly right. Say, 70%. Hey, before God, that's pretty good. And say our opponent was about 40% right. Now, you may say that that makes us so much better. But now imagine we stand before Jesus Christ. I mean, if you're Christian, that's what you believe we will one day, all of us, right? And Jesus tells us in what ways what we thought and argued were true and in what ways we weren't. Perhaps we will even hear in what ways our opponents were wrong and how much worse they were than us in correctly understanding or incorrectly understanding some important truth. But will Jesus then turn to us and say this? Even though you were more correct in this case, the way you spoke and the way you treated your fellows with disrespect or pulled them down and questioned their relationship with me reminded me of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were my enemies during my life. Is our conviction that we are right corroding our relationship with God even when we actually are right? That's why, again, argue as if you're wrong. Argue with trembling and humility. Argue knowing that we may be wrong somewhere and in some way. Listen as we argue. Learn as we argue. Win truth rather than arguments. Win the person rather than the fight. So that when we stand before God, whether we were more right than our opponents or not, God would still commend our character, our attitude and behavior in how we defended our case. And if we all did that more often, because it is really hard to do, maybe our public conversations about issues that matter to us won't sound like we are secretly hoping the other side just drops dead. So, until next time, I'm Paul Sung-ho-jung, and I will be waiting here. Oh, 
And for next extra episode, uh, I'm planning to read an excerpt from my book God at the Crossroads of Worldviews uh, as an introduction to our discussion on the idea of worldviews. So, I'll see you then.